loud. Hello folks, welcome to the United Way episode 13, I'm Al Forn. I'm Damien Broderick. 13, Damo. 13. Damo. I think that's the first time you've ever called me Damo. You want to start calling yeah. me <laughs> <laughs> And before we get started, we would like to dedicate this episode yeah. to Sir Bobby. Absolutely. Two losses for the club now in, in the space of a month. Yeah, Sir Alex's wife and uh, now Sir Bobby. Yeah, it's been a difficult month for the club. Um, r- regards to that, two, two massive figures at the club. You know, you could say you look at Bobby Charlton. He is Mister Manchester United. <clears throat> um, he's arguably the greatest player that's ever come out of the club. I know when we do, it's it's funny. We do our starting 11s, you know, our our, our best eleven for United, and we never put Charlton in there because no. we never watched him, but. And then, you know, you look at the revisionism of him, the revisionism of how good he was as a player. You're like, God, yeah, maybe we should put him in there, mm. you know, because he deserves that respect. Um yeah, it's 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 tragic. It is, you know. It was a a tough one to take. I just want to as well, I want to acknowledge the some of the respect shown from like rival clubs as well. It was actually so lovely to see. Mm-hmm. Um even though it's it doesn't come as a surprise, it is a surprise at the same time to see that. You see Liverpool um, showing respect. Like I spoke to a lot of Liverpool fans who admired Bobby Charlton and, you know, what he went through, you know, as a, as a young player. Um, what happened in, in Munich in 58 and to come through that. Uh, so I just think it was a nice touch from from rival clubs to, um, to share their... Uh, their condolences yeah absolutely I think um, McGuire touched on it in his post-match he said some things are just bigger than football yeah and that's that's just what it boils down to you know yeah absolutely um, and I think you know other clubs do it for, for Liverpool when it comes to Hillsborough and you know yeah. some clubs do, do it for us in, in times like this and I think that's mm. that's you know a testament to the character of, of those clubs and the, yeah. and how they're organised to make sure that respect is played yeah. for things that are bigger than football and it is it's, it's the thing about Liverpool like you know we we bang on about Liverpool. Ah, we don't want them to do well, but like deep in the core of it all, I have respect for Liverpool. I always have respected you have to, Liverpool you have to. as a football club. Mm. They're they're an institution. You know, they really are. They're one of the most historic clubs in world football, and United are too. And I think that mutual respect is there, while also being kind of <laughs> there's a bit of rivalry and. Little bit of hatred there. Yeah, I, I think for it's almost like siblings. Do you know what I mean? You fucking detest each other, but yeah. at the same time, you what just analogy. you just love each other and you respect each other all the same, because you know at, at the essence of it, that's basically what it is. They're just like two siblings that punch the head off yeah. each other whenever they can. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? And one sometimes one is just slightly better than the yeah. other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, there's there's always as as much as we we banter each other and there's there is a first rivalry there. Like there is mm. a huge a huge respect between the two clubs. And not just domestically, like. You seen the Barcelona had a minute silence for Bobby Charlton in mm. their I think it was in their press room or something. Um Real Madrid showing respect, Bayern Munich of course. Yeah. Always such a fantastic club 
when it comes to that. I think um, Rumenegger said something really nice about um, Charlton as well. The CEO, he he mentioned how how iconic he was as a player and how influential he was, you know, so. It goes to show his, his influence across football globally, not yeah. not just in Manchester, not just in England, because obviously he's a World Cup winner there. Yeah. So, so it makes sense for the English media and especially the older guard to really hold this guy in such high, res- yeah. in high regard because, you know, he won them their one and only World Cup. Yeah. But when you see, you know, huge clubs across Europe paying respect, yeah. it just goes to show the impact that this man had on the footballing yeah. world as a, as a whole. A hundred percent. I think, um, you know, to come through what, you know, for, for him, to what he experienced as a young man, I think he was 20, was he 20, 21 at the time? Mm-hmm. Um, the crash and, you know, he lost some of his mates who he had played, you know, in the youth team with, you know, I think he lost, I think Duncan, him and Duncan Edwards as well were like, they were inseparable. They were, best pals you know so for him to go through that it was just and to show the resilience yeah, years absolutely. on and in, in, in being a part of that rebuild under Busby you know with the likes of Law coming in best and players like you know Creran Styles and, and many others mm-hmm. Um, yeah it's just it's a testament to the man and I think everyone loved him no like the not a bad word to be said about Bobby Charlton. He was meant to be such a lovely gentleman and uh, just a very pleasant individual. And I think as well, I was thinking to myself over the weekend, like us as Man United fans and also we're Irish, the Charlton brothers, the impact that those two men had on us. Yeah. You know, Jack especially. You know, so you kind of, you feel a close connection to the two of them. Mm-hmm. Big time, you know. Yeah, I think didn't uh, Liam Brady come out with a quote because obviously he's talking about the two of them together and uh, he alluded to a, a time where Jack was basically saying, All right, you're number six, you're number eight and then he said to Liam, Ian, <laughs> Ian, <laughs> you're number four. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's, you know, it's like anything in life, um, how people speak to you to your face is one thing but how people speak about you behind your back is another yeah. and how people speak about both of them but you know obviously uh, Bobby's impact on, on football and Manchester United how people speak about Bobby is yeah. you know it's spectacular it just goes it's, it, it, it is a testament to his character and the man that he was you see he was honoured by the BBC about 10 years ago and I it was Jack was making a speech and he said my brother's the best he's the best player I've ever seen in my entire life and like the two of them we're like welling up and you're just like, oh my God. Yeah, it's just so, you know. Yeah, it's special. It's special. It is, isn't it? Um, also, I just want to talk about his discipline as a player. I think he only got two yellow cards. <laughs> That's <laughs> well, unbelievable. Well, Al, back then. Back then, yeah, back then. <laughs> back then. But his discipline was unbelievable. Because if you take players, like even if you go with slightly later, you think of Vinnie Jones now. That guy wouldn't last 20 <laughs> seconds on a pitch in today's game. Uh, yeah, true. If he's true. <laughs> if he sent off, you can't even say every week, if he sent off every four or five games yeah. after he serves the suspension. Yeah, he would, yeah. <laughs> so, true enough. Um, but yeah, like there is players like that, I think, you know, like Gary Lineker to go his entire career without even being booked or something like that. That's it's madness, that yeah. is. Not even to make a single mistake. Yeah. Not an arm out to pull a jersey back or a single late tackle. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's, that's really impressive to have that yeah. level of, that's a skill in itself. It is, oh, 100%. It is a skill in itself. Because that. as you, like, 
you've played yourself, do you know what I mean? And emotions take over. Do you know what? Even when you take emotions, let's say you can control your emotions. Yeah. It's when you're fatigued. It's when you're tired and someone runs yeah. by you and you put out a lazy leg or you pull a jersey because you just don't have it in you to yeah. chase them. That's when you make those mistakes is when fatigue sets in. Yeah. So, and you think of the football back then. They were schooling points before and after oh, games. 100%. Half them were. smoked. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? They so, were, that three o'clock kickoff, they were yeah. straight to the pub after. Yeah. If they didn't have one before. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's, it is a test. They were, but they were men back then. Yeah. They were men. They were a different breed. Yeah, they really were. And if you take some of them players now, we say it all the time, you take someone like George Best or Maradona, yeah. Charlton, you you look at clips of Charlton heading those that football. Oh, and the, the, uh, yeah. And the when, weight of it back yeah. then. And when he kicked that ball, it's dead hit. <laughs> but you imagine him with modern football and modern football boots and modern sports science. Yeah. On some of these guys, you get them under like the nutritionist, the the physios, all the sports science, yeah. the analysis, the, the tactics that are available nowadays. And the pitch. And the, pitch, the pitches that they're the playing The pitches on. that they're yeah. playing on are basically primed carpets yeah. as opposed to the trenches they were playing back in, back in the day. Yeah. You take some of these guys, they are untouchable in this modern game. Yeah. If you were to get one of them as a child and bring them up throughout the modern game now, you'd never see anything like them. Yeah. You just wouldn't touch these guys. Like I think Messi's probably the greatest player to ever grace the planet. Yeah. But if, could Messi do that back then? Those heavy boots, that heavy ball, those pitches. Whereas, yeah. te- whereas teammates are scoring points the day before a game. Yeah. <laughs> True enough. I don't yeah. think so. I think when you have, you know, you look at best, he had this God given ability. Yeah. That he has what Messi has. Was otherworldly. Yeah. It yeah, is a God, God-given talent, just touched by grace of yeah. God. And Pele as well. Yeah. Pele's perseverance as a player, getting absolutely kicked off the pitch mm. constantly. So as that, that's what they were back then. They, they were, they were men, you know. And Bobby Charlton was a prime example of that. He was as tough as they come. Yeah, you know? Or even like, is it, is it, is it, um, what's that famous photo from the World Cup in '66? And he's coming off the pitch and he's covered in blood. Oh, he's got a bandage over. He's got a bandage yeah. on him. He's covered in blood. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Well, first of all, from just straight up rules, that wouldn't be allowed now. No, you get a speck of blood, speck of blood in your short, and it yeah. may change it. But he's coming off but that look at pitch, Jack. and it's like war. But look at Jack. Like, look how tough Jack Charlton was. Like Jack Charlton was about. He was a couple. He was a good few inches taller than his younger brother as well. Obviously, mm. he played centre back, and he like he was a brick wall. I think it was him and that uh, centre back pairing. Him and Bobby Moore, wasn't it? Yeah. Like, come on. <laughs> That's, you know. Yeah, madness. I think about uh, Sir Bobby, the standards that he set. He was that first player that kind of set those Manchester United standards. Mm-hmm. I know Ferguson came in and... He, implemented it. He, he completely implemented it, mm. uh, yeah, on, on the squad, but like, you know, the amount of appearances he had, the goals he scored, like... You know, the milestones in Ryan Giggs surpassing his appearance record. Wayne Rooney with the goal scoring record. Like, he set serious standards yeah. for, you know, the players of the, of and the for those records, to, And for those records to stand for so long. Oh, for so long. For so long. To t- it took so long, for, you know. Especially when you think of, like, um, players that came through the class in 92, like Giggs, Scholes, the Nevilles. Well, not so much Phil, but Gary, who 
they spent their entire careers at the club and still, like, only for gigs, they still couldn't beat his yeah. record. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And I think it's a testament to Rooney that he broke the goal-scoring record considering how deep he played for, for part of his career. Yeah. That's impressive in itself. So impressive, wasn't it? Do you know what I mean? Like, if he was, <clears throat> if he was to play that out-and-out out number nine role, mm. could you imagine? If, this, if, if Rooney wasn't utilised to accommodate other players yeah. and if the team was built around him, and yeah. at, in some points, could you imagine the tally he would have? And he up? did on a full time basis. He did for like two seasons, Rooney. Mm. Um, Big time. I think it was the season where he got PFA Player of the Year, and then not the following season. In the following season, he was struck with injury. There were issues behind the scenes as well. He wanted to leave, mm-hmm. and it it was like the it was like Armageddon. <laughs> I remember that it was October two thousand and ten. I remember he wanted to leave. And then I remember yeah. the rumours of him going to like City were in for him and stuff and I just remember my stomach down flips. I was like, if that fat little fucker signs for City, <laughs> I swear to God. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was sitting there just stewing over a man that doesn't even know and he exists. <laughs> three, three months later he scores the greatest goal in Premier League history yeah. against him. Literally. Um but, but yeah, no, it was uh I think it, it was the following season where he played as an out and out. Nine, yeah, and he, he scored 34 goals in all competitions um, so yeah he did like Rooney was in, in, a, in a way Rooney was very similar to um, not, not, not as a player not ability wise but it, the way his kind of career went at United he was similar to O'Shea in a sense that he was an attacking utility player mm. he played in positions you know he'd play on the left or the right he'd play behind a striker he never played in one kind of solid position for mm. consecutive seasons O'Shea played centre back he played right back he played in left back played in goal left back <laughs> played in goal played in holding midfield so in a way they kind of had chip the keeper that way yeah <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like from from obviously not Meg Lewis Figo. <laughs> yeah, from opposite ends on the pitch, they were they were used. Yeah, utility players. Yeah, in in a utility mm. fashion, you know. Yeah, which often is uh, spoken about like it's a bad thing. Yeah, well, I don't think it is. If you had ten Wayne Rooney's and then one out and out, if you had like one player, let's say you got a world class goalkeeper and ten Wayne Rooney's, you'd probably win the league. Oh yeah. Absolutely. And then if you were like John O'Shea played in goal and kept the clean sheet, mind you. So if you had 10 John yeah. O'Shea's and a, and a Van Persie or an out and out striker yeah. up front, you'd probably win the league. Yeah, true. But I was always, it saddened me a little. And I know we're talking about Bobby Charlton, but obviously we're talking about the, the man who succeeded him in goal scoring. But just with Rooney, it saddened me that he, he left kind of at that time. I know it was probably the right time, mm. but I always envisioned him, you know, dropping into midfield later on in his career for United being an absolute playmaker and <clears throat> being one of the best in the world in that position it just it, it always looked that way even early on from his career mm. I was like oh he's definitely going to be playing you know midfield what? for us I, in his 30s I think he absolutely could have yeah but I don't think he had the heart for it I don't think he wanted to yeah and his discipline off the pitch in terms of his diet his nutrition his, how he looked after his body that didn't allow that August to October. That's that was Rooney's time frame and getting back into shape. Yeah, getting his form. When if if he had the level of off-field discipline that the likes of Ronaldo has, yeah, he, he'd have he'd have easily finished his career at United and, and probably went oh. down as probably one of the like the best midfielders in in the world at that yeah. time. And let's not kid ourselves here. Rooney was the better player uh, out of between him and Ronaldo. 
Rooney was the better player when Ronaldo, oh, sorry, when Rooney arrived at United. Oh, yeah. I know, Dave, you're probably looking at me like... I think Ronaldo... In, in my opinion, I he, agree. he I, was. I genuinely yeah. agree with you. He, I, I thought Ronaldo looked better on the ball. Yeah. But in terms of actual skill level and scoring goals, yeah. it was Rooney. But what... And, and just to what Damien said there, Ronaldo just worked and worked and worked and improved. Because I say this to people all the time when they say, who's the best Premier League player of all time? <clears throat> Right, people say like it's either on, generally it's either Henri or Ronaldo that like gets mentioned, right? And I think Henri is probably the best sure, Premier League right. player. Yeah. I think Henri is the best player, like best Premier League player. But I think Ronaldo is the best player to ever play in the Premier League. They're two different things. Yeah, true. Because in a way, when Ronaldo won the Ballon d'Or and won basically every single individual award th- there was going, mm. that particular Ronaldo was the best Premier League player of all time. Yeah, he was. Nobody touches that. Yeah. But, that was an untouchable season. But it's the same. Did you see Ben Foster's podcast? And he, t- he says that Van Dijk for that two years was the best defender to ever live. You cannot be the best defender to ever live if you can only do it for two years. Mm. You think of someone like Maldini, Nesta, Cafu, these guys done it for a decade. Yeah, At but, the very top. Like You cannot be the, the greatest ever defender. But he's looking at it from a very closed view. Like, Do, do you think he watched um, the likes of Baresi or Maldini in the in the mid nineties for AC Milan, no, yeah, they didn't see how good they were. They just they base it off recency bias with Van Dijk in those two seasons. And don't get me wrong, Van Dijk still is a brilliant defender. And for them Look, two years, that, he was yeah, absolutely probably that Champions League winning season. I, he was probably the best defender in the world. At I have that never seen. Yeah, I've never seen anything anything like it. it mm. He was absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, but to stamp him. As the, the greatest, greatest defender, defender to ever play the game, because he mental. had that one good season. That, I don't. That's think so. mental. That is. That. That's. I don't think so. Not. And, and and you may disagree with me here, but it's the same kind of argument being made for Ronaldo and Salah. I think Salah is doing it consistently every single year. Now, if this is his last season at, at Liverpool, just. Look at the numbers he's he's pulling each mm. season. Now he's only got one Premier League to his name. That's the only thing with Salah. But he's he's got to be up there. He's got to be. Up, there's got to be. There has to be an a, argument. For like him. the the argument between him and Ronaldo. Who do you put into that all time Premier League eleven on the right? There's a valid argument there. I, I. Oh, if you're if you're talking about the right wing, Salah over Ronaldo. I think so too. I think I just think. Everything as, as as we said, like it is consistently. This guy has done it year after oh, year after year phenomenal. after year. He he's just. But going back to the he, Van Dyke thing as he's well, a, he's a migraine for me. When he yeah, and if you go back to the Van the Van Dyke thing for those two years, if you look at Liverpool as a whole and their system, right? Mane made Van Dyke's job easy. Yeah. Because how often did Liverpool win the ball before the ball ever got to Van yeah. Dyke? Yeah. I mean, because they absolutely crushed teams. They suffocated press them, press. by pressing them so much high yeah. up the pitch that by the time the ball came near the back four, it was borderline dealt with already. Do you, do you remember Arsenal fans were like, it was as if they celebrated scoring a goal when Nicolas Pepe dribbled past. <laughs> like all over Twitter. It was like they scored a fucking yeah. goal in Anfield. Nicolas Pepe dribbled past him. He hadn't been dribbled past and like, what was it? Was it a year? Or two? I think it. I think it had been over a <laughs> year that he hadn't been dribbled past. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but he, he, even a stat like that is such a such a selective stat. 
because as I said, they win the ball. They were winning the ball so high up the pitch because yeah. they were pressing, not only pressing so aggressively, but pressing so effectively. They're probably yeah. they're probably the best pressing team I've ever seen ever. Oh, Liverpool. Yeah, how they pressed, and do you know what? That ended when Mane left because yeah. he he was like his ability to spot triggers in the press is unmatched. Yeah. He knew exactly when to go yeah. and then his teammates went, okay, Sadio's going, we go. Yeah. And then that was it. And they he won the ball so high up. Intrinsic. It was unbelievable. That Liverpool team. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't get enough credit for it. Absolutely not. And so exactly the way United were, Rooney doesn't get the credit because Ronaldo. Yeah. Mane doesn't get the credit because Salah. Yeah. And that's not to downplay what Salah has achieved. Salah's Amazing. He's probably like, in the current system of a four-three-three. I think Salah's probably the best right winger that the league's ever seen. Yeah, yeah, he is. Do you know what I mean? Because if you if you were to go back to the nineties and a four-four-two, Salah can't do what Beckham does. Mm. But if you think in the modern game, Beckham does not have a chance. Beckham plays in that front three. Let's hope Saudi Arabia come in for him. <laughs> Honestly, because he's just. I think they had offered big money, didn't they? They had offered. Yeah. He's a nightmare uh, when you're playing against. If, yeah, if you're if you're. If you're supporting the opposition team against Liverpool and you've Salah coming up against you, it's just. If you're a defender and you see that fucker running at you, you must be thinking, "Oh, how do I stop him?" You must be just hoping the fucker slips. Yeah. Or, or makes any how sort quick of mistake. His feet are, how, you know. He dri- he dribbles very similarly to the way Messi does. The ball is so close to his yeah. body, and his centre of gravity is so low, and that's what makes it so difficult to stop. Yeah. You can't stop these guys without fouling them. That's the issue. And and. The, the worrying part about him is he's not just become a goal like he's becoming a creator yeah he's creating goals left his game has become much more rounded yeah which makes him much more dangerous yeah you know so we spoke about everything else other than the game the spoilers actually winning the game you'd, you'd, yeah. you'd go on like we lost the way we're skirting around the issue I know look look it's three points at the end of the day Um it, was it a great it, performance no very not sub- a chance I think I think a few individuals had good games but as a Eunice. Maguire, Damien. Harry Maguire. Harry Maguire. He had, a, he had a cracking game. He had a cracking game. I don't, think, <laughs> I don't think he put a foot wrong. And, you know, look, I've, I've slated the guy. Yeah. Absolutely. But in fairness to us, we backed him up when Irish fans booed him. No, we did, yeah. We slated him when he mm. tried to hold the club ransom for the payout. And rightly fucking so. And we'll give him his flowers when he deserves them. He, yeah. He played extremely well. He didn't put a foot wrong. No. He was like the Harry Maguire that we signed. Yeah. A few years ago. Literally. And Winning you know what? everything in the air. I saw... He did nearly give away a penalty though. Yeah, but then Scott McTominay did actually give away a penalty. Yeah. And I love McSauce, so... Yeah. We, we, we'll put it... We'll, we'll, call it, we'll call it a spade a spade. <laughs> it was a penalty. I, like, I, I, tweeted, I tweeted actually saying, you know, how many of them did we not get? And loads of people were like, well, it's a penalty. And I was like, well, I didn't say it wasn't the penalty. I was just yeah. saying that there was multiples, and not only for us. They, was that from my retweet? Yes. Anytime I get shit on Twitter, it's because I'll retweet my tweet, and then all his all his little minions come attacking me. <laughs> they come they come straight for the juggler they do. I'm like, Jesus, leave me alone. But, by the way, sorry. There's a, somebody, somebody sent me this this morning on Twitter. <laughs> this is uh, you a fella called Jason Macquarie it wasn't under any of your tweets he goes why can't Damien be as calm as his own videos as on the podcast <laughs> chap needs to take a diazepam before <laughs> I'm after drinking a Red Bull before this episode <laughs> pal so yeah, I'm one now but what did he expect me to do 
Maguire was very <laughs> good. <laughs> Go on, yeah, just do this for the hell. Um, actually, the tweet that I read that I tweeted, right? So I had the, I had I had this gaslit in, interchange with a lead supporter, right? So I'll I'll read it in my uh, very calm TikTok voice. Go on, yeah. <laughs> Go on, right? Hang on, hang on. Stop making me laugh. Yeah, okay, right. I said, how many of those don't we get? Spores, for example, got away with more than once. Is his arm not in a natural position? Uh, and then this guy, uh, T. Degsy, said, yeah, natural for a goalkeeper. And I said, do you not naturally keep your arms down by your side? Strange behaviour. And he goes, it was goal-bound. Maybe that helped the decision. And I goes, goal-bound? Across? Did you even watch the game? And he goes, obviously not. Hilarious. <laughs> You feel relaxed, Dad. <laughs> I do. I feel relaxed. I feel calm. <laughs> right, because I bloody need it. Oh, I'll just I'll, I'll whisper into the mic now for foreseeable. Yeah, please do. Dave, D- Dave will have to be adjusting the levels constantly. <laughs> um, but yeah, on, on that, it, it absolutely was a handball. Yeah, like every day of the week. But my argument was, we don't get them at the other end. Mm. And it wasn't just one decision that we didn't get at the other end. It was multiples. And Spores, I think, was that? What was the Spores game? Romero. Uh, Romero. But it wasn't. He won against us. But what was the other one, like a week later? Arsenal, I think, was it? And they actually did get the pen. Oh. Who was it? Was it not Bayern Munich? Ericsson? No. Do you remember Romero had handled it against us? And then we didn't get the pen. No, no, that was Gabriel on Or Gabriel on Hoyland. And then the following week or so. Yeah. Like, Hoyland needs that Premier League goal. <sighs> Big time. Big time. He's not but, but you know what? There was, a, there was a small passage of play in that game. I, I mean, no books there. Like, and in fairness, I took notes, but I remember them because I'm that way inclined. <laughs> um, Anthony skipped inside and played an unbelievable ball to the back post. Yeah. And Rashford forced time volleys it back across right. and Hoyland is inches. If that fucking goal had went in, Millimeter. what a goal it yeah. would have been. Um, I actually thought Anthony played quite well. Did you? Spe- I thought it was flashes. Uh, yeah, spell, spells of it, but I don't like he didn't do anything exceptionally well. Like, but I think when you're an attacking player, if you don't score or assist, or assist generally it looks like a bad game. I thought he played okay. Um, like when we're when we're trying to come out from the back, I think there was once or twice. Then I think he had, um, you know, kind of sucked the guy in and act, for once in the guy's life actually used his pace to get by somebody and and, yeah. and drew a foul. I think I think it merited a yellow card. As I said, the cut back inside, an unbelievable cross to the back post for Rashford. Oh, uh, it would have been a It was inch perfect. That would have been an unbelievable goal. And then Ho- he had another chance as well. Hoyland was a brilliant save from the the keeper. Yeah, I think... I'm wondering how you unlock it. Because he's making good runs, but we don't seem to be getting the ball into a position to supply him well. We I know s- how. Go on. Luke Shaw. Well... Yeah, for, yes. I call him the dot connector. Uh, he connects the dots <laughs> yeah. to that midfield. And he gives them less work to do on that um, flank. And Bruno, I don't know, just, we need we need players back and we need Bruno to play centrally. I just can't see him on the right anymore. No, um, I think... Amrabat, game of two halves, I thought in the first half he was quite poor. Mm-hmm. Second half, he... he he turned it on. I thought he was brilliant in the second half. Yeah. His um he has this natural ability to spot danger. Yeah. There was a, a I think there was a 
there was a, a moment where Onana rushed out, and I actually think Onana makes the save. But Amrabat is around the 18 yard box, around where the D is, and the ball gets mm. slipped in. And like a light, yeah. he, he, he spots it and reads it so well. And he, he slides. And I think if Onana didn't save it, Amrabat makes the block. Um, but his ability to spot that danger, you cannot teach that. He's alert to us. Yeah, you cannot teach that uh, that side of reading the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you have a defensive <clears throat> a defensive player that has that ability, you're, you're on for yeah. you're on for a winner. Um, Dallow's goal, cracker. I th- I, in fairness, he, I, he I think, tried them a couple of times, hadn't he? Um, he has. I, th- I think the keeper should be saving that. Mm. I do think that it's not right in the top bin. It's it's there about the keeper gets a good hand on it. Yeah. Um, I think it's actually Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank mentions that if the keeper had probably went with one arm yeah, if he had probably most keepers tend to stretch with their over arm yeah. and stretch that way or you know which seems a bit odd because obviously that yeah. goes forward than that but I don't know I'm not a goalkeeper Do you know what it, would, it was it reminded me of Coutinho's it was very similar the way he yeah. stuck the ball like like Coutinho did from outside the box, yeah, and he'd score crackers like that. But um, bit of finesse behind it, you know? yeah. Br- brilliant strike, um, and I think actually in in the analysis, uh, Hasselbank mentions he actually uses uses the defender uh, to block the keeper's view. He actually calls it around the def- around the defender, and that's probably what yeah. what creates the goal. <laughs> um, great strike. All, when you're striking it like that, all you can do is is try get it into the corner and yeah. and uh, and on target. I I do think the keeper should be saving that. Um, obviously we're fucking glad he didn't yeah <laughs> um, but yeah uh, smashing goal and, and obviously the day that was in it with, with Sir Bobby I think three, three points was I think it was more than three points yeah yeah but it was also I think I mentioned it on last week's episode um, or the week, the week before when Cathy had passed you know you need an all blacked out kit a memorial kit yeah I only, I only, like if if Sir Alex does, do you think an armband on the fucking arm is enough? Because I don't think it is. No. I honestly don't think it is. Really? There needs to be an all blacked out kit, crest, sponsor, shorts, socks. Everything is black. Everything. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I, I, I can't agree with you whatsoever. I think. And do you know what? Like I think if if you if United had had done it, and I don't think this should be a kit that you can buy. Mm. It shouldn't be a, a, a monetary thing that the club capitalise off. Did Dortmund do something similar? I don't know if it was for anyone that... I don't know, they might have. Well, I remember they, they had like a blacked out kit. I know Denmark had one for the World Cup. And they got a bit of... Yeah. Because that was in protest for the... Yes, you know, yeah. For it yeah. being in, in Qatar or whatever. Um, <clears throat> but I do recall Dortmund having a, a, a black kit, but I don't know if it was completely blacked out. I don't know if it was for anybody. Yeah, there is. Yeah, there you go. We'll see the way the crest, the sponsor, the short make. It's every, all, every, yeah, everything, yeah. Everything's blacked out. It's all kind of cool. And I personally think it should not only be a United thing. I think every, I think every professional club should have a memorial kit for when a prolific figure within their club passes. And it should be within FIFA rules that the yeah. club cannot sell that kit. You should not be allowed to monetize off of that kit. And it should be only worn on those that's particular very, occasions. Yeah. That's a very good idea. There you go. Yeah, that's a brilliant idea. I I agree wholeheartedly with that. Yeah. Um. Or what they should have done yesterday is, do you remember the anniversary of the Munich disaster when we played City? Although we lost the game, but we played in the vintage kits. Yeah. They should have come out yesterday in a vintage, in 
a vintage gate. The vintage gate. For some on uh, Saturday, Sunday. Well, we're we're at home this evening against uh, Copenhagen. Yeah, Champions League. It's a crunch game. Absolute must, must win. win. Must win if we have any chance. So if Bayern Munich do the double on Galatasaray, and we do the double on Copenhagen over the next couple, we'll of squeeze weeks, through. We could squeeze through, but we need to we need to get something in Istanbul. Need to get players back. Need to get players back. Need to get players back on the pitch. Need, that is the big. That is the big issue. Like, we need uh, the owners gone. I think. Um, <laughs> I think someone had. I think someone had put out a tweet saying, uh, "Name me the last game United you know, dominated a team for ninety minutes." A Palace in the cup. That was it. Yeah, yeah. That was it. Yeah. But then we played them a week later in the belts. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But um, someone had responded to that tweet saying, name me the last time Ten Hag had an entire squad to choose from. Yeah. With no, with no injuries and no, no, injuries. no nothing. So, no pressure. It's, nothing. And, it's do you know a what? massive I'm, thing. And pressure is a huge thing because you can see it now with, McGru- with Maguire. Yeah. When the pressure for him to fight for his position is there, he's working harder than he's ever yeah. he's ever worked. Oh, a certain before. person can take note of that. Well, he won't take note because he's stubborn. So leave him be. Let him let him leave in January. A one, one Sancho. You fight for your place. Uh-huh. If you want to stay at that club, and we were frustrated with Maguire because we initially thought. Oh, he just wants to fucking sit on the bench and earn. Yeah. His, but no, he. In, in fairness to him, he proved a lot of us wrong, and he's. He said he said the words, "I want to fight for my spot." Yeah. And he and he is showing that he is doing that. So credit where credit is due. He just needs to keep it up. I think he just needs to. consistency <clears throat> is key. It is key, and like the, if he's got the biggest, the biggest tests of his career so far now uh, against City on the weekend. Obviously he, Copenhagen. And tonight, but City. big time. I, I hate being a pessimist, but that City game, you can almost write that off. To be honest, with a lot of people are. Saying I think that. it'd be damage control if you lose less than three 0 I think it'd be, you'd be doing all right. To be honest, like they're a different beast to what we are. We we cannot compete yeah. on their level. Like Rodri's back as well, isn't he? Think so, yeah. But yeah. like this, this is like me stepping into the ring with you know Tyson Fury, and expecting to land the punch. I'm just trying to avoid. You'd land on a two, you big dosser. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I'd be just trying not to get hit. Go on, Damien. <laughs> Whisper in me ear. Give me your ASMR, you big dosser. <laughs> get up. <laughs> I want to buy Blackpool Airport. <laughs> Before we end, I have a question. Are you as excited watching United these days over in the past? Because we talk a lot about old school United. We talk a lot about 90s. We talk a lot about, mm. you know, the noughties. Are you still as excited watching United these days? Yeah. As you were back then? Yeah. Do you yeah. think that in 15 years we will be talking about the likes of Scott McTominay, the likes of Alejandro Garnacho, the likes of Martinez in the way that we're talking about Probably Ronaldo, not. Rooney? No. Will we still be talking about Rooney? Yeah. Will we still be talking about Ronaldo? Yeah. Yeah. Roy, Solskjaer? Yeah. Of course you will. There'll be very few Why? players... Why? So there'll be very few players that say it's it's due to structure of the club, right? So for example, like you look at the potential that someone like Garnacho has, mm. right? So let's hope, presume, um, that Garnacho reaches those levels, mm. the upper upper echelons of football. The likelihood of the club selling him is much higher than it ever was before. 
when you look at like clubs would like Troy come in, but the likes of Paul Scholes or any of those lads, and it was just not a question. The player didn't want to leave, and the club didn't want to let them go. Yeah. But I can guarantee you, if someone came in for a hundred million for Ganacho at any stage, the club are selling the guy. Yeah, and and that's that is the difference. So there's no longevity there, and it's not about player loyalty. It's about club. The club is run like a business and not a football club. So do we have any of them players? Do we, apart from Fernandez and Rashford? Um, I think Rashford may be in that uh, that conversation simply because he's Mike born and bred and he mm. came up through the academy and he had like he has reached there was a time where he was probably in the conversation of being the best player on the planet Rashford's the, right. from a commercial point of view Rashford's probably the biggest player at the at the club um, <clears throat> you see a lot of the young young kids absolutely love Rashford mm. um, obviously what he does off the pitch as well is, has been you know, it's it's been a massive impact as well. Uh, it's made him. It's been massive positively for him as well. Mm. So um, now Rashford will still be spoken about. You talk about. I'm. I'm. I think if United, if United are in the Conference League, I'll always be excited to watch them. I know they're playing shit at the moment. That will never end for me. My my. That's the difference between being a like yeah. being a supporter and being a fan. My, like you support your club. Yeah. Always. I have two kids, and they're. My biggest pri- I'm married. I have two kids. They're a massive priority for me. But my my wife, who completely understands my love for Manchester United, she understands that when they're playing on a Saturday, Sunday, Tuesday, or Wednesday, could be Thursday in a few months. She completely understands that I I need to watch that game. Yeah. She makes the time and, for me to and, watch it. And, and it, there's a lot of... And like, you know what, Roy? Game. I have to say, the best thing about doing this podcast is, Roy, so watching the games technically becomes work, Roy. So I was, oh, yeah. Roy, so I was away in Galway. I was down in slow cabins for the weekend with the missus, Roy, and they have like this little box on the table. So you're meant to put your phone in and lock it away. It's meant to be slow cabins. Mm. You're meant to be like offline and, and slow down, mm. you know? And... Uh, Put the phones in the thing, right? And I said, I'm just setting an alarm there for, for half seven. She's like, what, what's, what's a half seven? I said, oh, you know, you know what I'm playing? need to watch the game. <laughs> she was like, and we're like that. She was like, yeah, I really know what I... Yeah. You know, it's, it is. They, it's, they, 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 it's a religion. <laughs> and it is. It's yeah. a religion. The same me. way when you're a little... I know we're playing when, shit, but... But when you're a little baby, right? So especially growing up here in Ireland, right? Did you get the chills to be baptised? Absolutely not. Your man brought you to the church and dunked your head in that water <laughs> and goes, happy, like, happy Christmas. You're yeah. a Christian now, baby. Yeah. Um, same, with, same with being a football fan. You do not pick your club. Your club is chosen for you. Yeah. And then you support them till the day you die. Mm. And if you change club, you're a snake. Yeah. Snake. <laughs> um, <laughs> what was that Yeah, name? that's the answer to your question, I... Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I still. No matter how shit they're playing, no matter who they're playing against. But because I always have hope that they'll. Oh, they'll even when, even when I have no hope. Yeah. Because when I have no hope, they can surprise you. Yeah. <laughs> so it's still good. It's always good. Did you ever see the meme of the the two guys sitting on the bus and one is facing? Oh yeah. Cliffside and one is facing the. Yeah, the expectations has, of watching United. But actually, one of them is. Yeah. is Thinking about watching United and then watching United. Yeah. And it's yeah. Quite, you know, it always happens. Polar. It always happens. But it? it's good to hear that you still have the love. I still have the love. The excitement. I still, you know, I love, I love, especially when they're playing on a Saturday, I love. But it's like being married. You can be married for yeah. 40 years and you, and do you still have the same excitement to crawl into bed with your missus every night? 
Absolutely, because all it takes is one look or a little <laughs> a little hand there somewhere. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's how United are. Yeah. You look at them, you know, well, it's in some film or something like that, and you're the two paces down the side of our mouth, and you're thinking, oh, she's so sexy. <laughs> and then 20 years into the marriage, just like, I think it's a Lee Evans joke, and then 20 years into the marriage, then it's like, love the fucking two paces, you fucking clean up. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But that's like United, isn't it? It's yeah. like, or any club, if, if you're a fan of any club, you're looking at it. It's football. You know, and I'm sure... It's a really, really the, weird thing. Yeah. It is a weird the, thing because you, you like, it's on like a tribal fucking level. Yeah. You just don't have any. You it just a, everything goes out the window. There's I no mean, logic like, to it. You know, there's a massive, there's a huge amount of United and Liverpool fans in this country, and I'm sure the Liverpool, like the Liverpool fans, definitely can relate to that as well. Absolutely. You know, all logic goes out the window. Yeah, it is just pure unconditional mm. devoted love. Yeah. For a, a club and 20 odd men that don't know you exist. I'll just give you a bit of advice. You should maybe tell tell her in advance, maybe two days before the game. <laughs> That's what I do with Alison. I tell her in advance. <laughs> Five o'clock, half seven. <laughs> we'll, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll share a calendar and I'll put all the fixtures in. <laughs> I think as, you know, as time goes by, maybe, yeah, but maybe at the start, yeah, maybe during the day, if it was on, I was like, United are on in an hour and she'd like, oh yeah, no problem. But now it's like, Thursday, United are playing half five on Thursday. It's on. It's half on. Five on Saturday. It's on the fridge. Yeah, I must tell her. Yeah. Need need milk. Yeah. Need butter. United are playing on Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> but like that tonight, eight o'clock. United are playing Copenhagen. Like we have a little schedule. We put our oldest to bed. You know. Yeah. Mammy's gonna have to take over there. Take up Jewies. Take up the. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's like there's. But I'll have baby. I'll be holding baby downstairs while watching the match. Trying not to scream if we score or concede. Oh, I'm well. I'm well trained in that. Well <laughs> the, trained. The silent screams. The silent screams. Yeah, I've, I've I've mastered it by the way. Oh, listen. Any dads out there want advice with the silent screams? You know, if you have a newborn or a child up to two years old. Give me a shout, lads. I can teach you the techniques. Not only can I teach impressions, I can teach you silent screaming techniques. That was a pointless bit. Of the <laughs> in a, an Al Foran uh, silent scream tutorial coming soon. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> Do we have a hot take? I can't really think one. Actually, go on, give us yours. Oh. And I'll, I'll think. David, one. our producer, well, I'm, I'm has might, a hot take. I might ask a question instead of a hot take. So Dave will do a hot take this week. I don't know if it's actually going to be classified as a hot take, but it's just something that annoys me. Mm. And now it's not... It's not the all-week kit on Champions League. No, it is not. <laughs> It is. <laughs> the, the, oh, that's a valid <laughs> that concern. Fucking the, white, the white shorts and the white socks. It roils Al up. It roils me up. It's tradition. <laughs> go, go, go. go on, Dave. I won't hear any more of that. See how serious his face is right now. <laughs> now, it's not at, at the moment because of Sir Robbie Charlton's passing, but every other club's Instagram bio is, we are Chelsea. We are, you, you know, City. We are West Ham. Whatever we are the is. Arsenal. Yeah. Mm. Ours. Check out our latest kit that you can buy. And here's the link. Every single post that we put up where you can tag a person they is tag tagged a product. the person they tag and a product. tagged the product. Yeah. It's not a hot take. 
Weathers, <laughs> thank you. It's just something he said. He did say something that pisses him off. It's just something that pisses me off. Yeah. Oh, and it pisses me off. Why not? Was that Does all anyone else notice that? I didn't think. I thought. Yeah, yeah. I was the only person. Training noticed. photos, match day photos. Um, the only time they don't do it is when they're showing a nostalgic yeah. uh, photo or video clip because there's nothing to tag. Yeah. Um, but anything modern, they're pushing product. So all like of, all of how the much? And even so, the way you mentioned in the boy, I was like, we are, we are, we are. On United's page, uh, there is a United uh, Instagram that says "We Are United." It's an entire Instagram page, over a million followers, and that also is pushing product. Yeah, but like they've used my videos um, on that platform, I think mm. twice uh, when I wore the kit. Uh, but it is generally creator uh, content and a little bit of formal club content kind of mish, mish, mashed in together I know but again it is selling product I know other clubs do it but and it's they nowhere need, near as much and they, they need do. to do it don't get me wrong they need to do it but United do it at an excessive level the quota is ridiculous yeah we've been doing we, but we've been doing it at an excessive level for years for a long time for years but I can guarantee right, so you as, as someone with a background in marketing right, so before all this stuff became became a job right that, yeah being on the back end of those Instagrams war job I can 100% guarantee you whether it's at the end of every month or whether, like well at the end of every month for social media management they will submit a report on the growth of the channel the engagement the stats the click through rates all that sort of stuff but there will also be a metric on sales that are generated through the Instagram and every quarter that metric will also be done because that person running social media that is a KPI for them but I'd say United aren't, you know, I'd say they're not the only club that are doing that. Trip. No, every, like, yeah, I, I would United, just say United's is just, it. I'd say United's one is just, there's more emphasis on it. Oh yeah, there's, it's tunnel vision for yeah, them. Yeah, big time. Right, so that was the hot take that United are greedy bastards. <laughs> um, right, so my question, not so much a hot take, right? A player that United had on loan that you wish we had signed. Henrik Larsson. Easy, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. You wish he had either stayed longer or signed them earlier. Henrik Larsson. Easy. <clears throat> like any any other answer is just fucking wrong. And I'll die on that hill. The man who won Barcelona the Champions League in 2000. Yeah. By the way. Who is it? Is it Henri that says that quote? Everybody talks about Ronaldinho. Everybody talks about Eto. Nobody talks about Henrik Larsson. Henrik Came Larson. on and created the two goals. He was. Unbelievable. unbelievable. Henrik Larsson he was at Celtic like I saw him. a soft spot for Celtic obviously but you always think in your head Jesus he should have maybe moved somewhere I think I was playing for he absolutely should have moved from Celtic like as most Irish people have a soft spot for Celtic um, he absolutely should have moved to a bigger club than, than Celtic before the Barcelona move yeah like a big time in his prime, yeah. I, I don't like using the term wasted, but his prime was wasted in in Scottish football. Yeah. Wasted. I saw him. I think I was playing for St Paul's. I think we were about under 11s or under 12s. It's the first time I ever went abroad uh, with a football club, and we played in a tournament in Glasgow. And we played against Celtic. We played against Birmingham. Played against Aston Villa in a small little tournament, and uh, we beat Villa. Just so you know, but we got slapped around by Celtic. Look, these kids were on a different level. 11 year olds. Unbelievable, and we went to Parkhead and we watched we watched the game, and Larson scored a hat trick, and that was the first time I ever watched somebody world class yeah. with my own eyes. Like this guy was unbelievable. He, yeah, unbelievable. <clears throat> he was on another planet. Yeah, it was that good. And the thing is, people can say, "Oh well, 
you know, maybe he looked that good in Scotland. No, he was that good no, because he he'd done it at Barcelona. He did, yeah. In a Champions League final. Yeah. He came to Barcelona like... Later in his career. Yeah. It's a shame. It, it is a shame because yeah. he just would have... Could you imagine if United had bought him in his prime? <sighs> Fuck me, what a player. It's funny because like Shearer. But even the commercial Shearer was aspect. about to sign for United. Yeah. In 96. He had met up with Ferguson and then... In all fair, I can't really blame him. I can't. He just loved. He supported Newcastle as a boy, and when as soon as they came in, like I think they offered less money as well than yeah. United. Uh, like they they, but you they have offered less like in wages. But you have to you have to he he would be earning less. Obviously, yeah. the fee was huge. But you have to give that to him. <clears throat> yeah, you know what I mean, because if if I was a professional footballer playing for any club, right, and Real Madrid came in and offered yeah. me God knows how much money a week, and the fee was whatever. Yeah. And Manchester United came in and said, well, we can't pay you that, but we'll... I'd, I'd be like, I'll play by free. Yeah. <laughs> like, give me an appearance fee and that's <laughs> it. Don't win a salary. But there was 96, 97. Did, I think the alternative... Did we sign Sheringham in 96? We signed Sheringham. We did. Yeah, we signed Sheringham in 96. Which, you know, <laughs> Sheringham was unbelievable for us in, in his... The last... Yeah. Like, last, the best years... Of, the last best years of his yeah. career, his prime years. I what do you think you know, of imagine them? If, imagine if... The alternative would have been yeah. Henrik Larsson as well. Imagine. Because Fergie was a massive admirer of him. Big time. There was a few players. I think he... he Stuta as well. I think he alludes to a few players he tried to sign. I think he tried to sign Totti on more than one occasion. Did he? Yeah. Uh, he, he actually tried to sign Gerrard on an occasion. Gerrard, yeah. Um, and I don't know if it would have worked. Because it didn't work at England. Gerrard and Skulls playing. They, they, England always struggled to put Gerard's goals and Lampard in the same midfield, yeah. and it never ever worked. It never. Gerard and Lampard were just identical. Yeah, they're, they're too similar. So the midfield is always unbalanced, and I don't know where Gerard would have balanced in our, our midfield because I don't think he was as good defensively as he was going forward, especially in that period of his career. Yeah. Um, you know, and then obviously tried to boy Larson. I'd imagine there's probably other players. I'm sure he, there was many a phone call for the likes of Zidane and yeah. and many others to to seek their. I know Batistuta. They're heavily linked with yeah, Batistuta. Yeah, that that one when he played for Fiorentina, I think he played against us and smashed the free kick in against yeah. us. And it was actually the night my little brother was born. Was it? Yes, my my older brother always says that to me. Should have called him Gabby. And my little brother has no interest in football whatsoever. That's probably why. That's how the universe works. United <laughs> lost in the Champions League group stages that night, the 23rd of November, 1999. Young Jerry Foran was born. <laughs> That's hilarious. And then my... Jerry, if you're listening, which you're probably not. <laughs> and then my, my, my brother's Matthew actually listens to this this podcast there every week. Yeah. So Matt is named after Sir Matt Busby. He, yes. Because um, you met him last week and he told you yeah. about it. And then my other brother, Ryan, is actually named after Ryan Giggs. So he, I actually named Ryan. So when my mom had Ryan, I was sitting on the on the end of the hospital bed and they were trying to think of names. And I was just naming United players one after the other. <laughs> I was like, David Beckham, Roy Keane, Dennis Irwin. Could you imagine if he was named Dennis? <laughs> and then I said Ryan Giggs and then my mom just said, Ryan. Right. And that's how he was named. There you go. So it goes to show you how much that club is in, in, ingrained into my family. Yeah. My two siblings are named after oh, two massive, United legends. Massively you know? so. Yeah, then they named me Damien. <laughs> United have never had a player called Damien. No. No, I'm, I'm named after my mum's brother. i got Matteo Darmian. Ah, Matteo. Darmian. Uh, Darmian, close enough. Matteo is, is probably is, is Matthew and 
Sure, I'm, I'm Alexander. That's my name. Oh. Yeah. Did you not know that? But you you 100% thought his name was Alan. Did you? Absolutely. <laughs> Don't let me mother find that out. Now. After Alan Smith. After Alan Smith. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there we go. Alan's new nickname is Smudgy. <laughs> and that's the Annoyed Way podcast yeah, yeah. with me, Damien Broderick, and him, Alan Smudgy Boren. <laughs> Folks, thanks for listening. Uh, we'll see you next week. And rest in peace, Sir Bobby Charlton, a legend in the to the game, an icon of the game, a pioneer, um, Mr. Manchester United. So, yeah, the tributes have been lovely this week. And um, yeah, rest in peace, Sir Bobby, and condolences to his family. We'll see you next week, folks. Subscribe to this podcast for free on the Go Loud app.